0: Ready to take a joyride with Chalk Dinosaur. Ju- 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 juicy. Juicy, juicy content. Ju- 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 <laughs> so juicy, you're going to need a towel. 2021 presents a brand new season of the Chalk Dinosaur podcast featuring brand new, groundbreaking, juicy content. Juicy content, content. juicy content, you're gonna need a towel, deception, lies, Dr. Pepper, and beans, you're gonna need a towel, drama, I've been wrong, unsolved mysteries, I can't find my corn, betrayal, you took my corn, redemption, wow, thanks for the new corn, romance, Ah. Dr. Pepper, and All this and more, only on the Chalk Dinosaur Podcast. Ah, shit! That was explosive. And welcome to another episode of the Chalk Dinosaur Podcast. The most inconsistent and worst podcast in the world. I made that trailer back in April, or maybe March, uh, because I was, you know, I wanted to get the podcast going again. So I made this trailer to get everybody hyped, and then I I released two episodes in April. And, um, now it's been two months, and this is the third episode I am releasing. So, yes, doing a really good job keeping everybody highly engaged with my regular and consistent content. But, anyway, I needed to take a break from, uh, recording, um... I felt like this would be a good way to do that. I took a drive. I got in my car. I, I, didn't, I just needed to get out of the house and, and get away from my work station for a little bit before I felt like I'd be able to make any progress on anything. Um, so I got in my car. I was like, maybe I'll go get something to eat. Um, unfortunately, in the suburbs, everything closes quite early. So nothing was open, uh no place where I could, you know, go eat. Well, the gas station gecko sheets, those were open. But, you know, I realized I, I wasn't hungry. I just really just wanted to get outside the house and, and go drive around for a little bit. And during my drive I did a lot of talking to myself about music and stuff, just thinking out loud. And that kind of got me in the mood to do this. Another podcast episode. And um, I'm going to talk about the album that I released in 2020 called Word of the Soul. This was a three-song EP that I released in August of 2020. One of the COVID albums. Album cover was a painting uh, by my brother Mike. It was actually a picture of a painting. My brother Mike made the painting. It was like a gem dog. One of his COVID paintings. And um, he had given it to a friend. And his friend took a picture of it and sent that to me. So I could use it for the album cover. I really like it. It's a very distinct image. It's just this kind of maroon-purple background with a geometric looking doberman head. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I like it. It's very mysterious. Reminds me of Egyptian Times. But the music on this album It's some of my favorite songwriting. Um, and some of my favorite production that that I've uh done it kind of reminds me of the album Fear or Love, which was another short three-song EP, very lyric and vocal-heavy. And that's that's what this album was. I was, you know, we were in the midst of COVID, and um, I had a lot of music building up, a lot of different music building up. And usually this is kind of the normal album cycle, I will make a lot of different kinds of music, have a lot of different projects going, some electronic stuff, some songs, so just like random stuff. And then at a certain point, one of those, uh, you know, there will be a handful of songs that just go together. Like, that's what happened with this. Like, I, I just had these three songs that were very lyric based. And it just made sense to put those together. Package them up in a nice little package and send them out into the world. But I, I was really uh, happy with, with this album. The, uh, I really felt um, happy with the lyrics and the concepts behind the lyrics, uh, the messages in the songs, uh, and the expression. Of those messages. And uh, the production, too. Alright, enough of this. I'm, I'm tooting my horn way too much here. But uh, this is just... This is some of the music that I'm the proudest of. Um, so, let's go through the songs, shall we? And uh, I'll say a little bit about each song. The first song is called Father Time. And... Let's see, this song I started out with just an acoustic guitar, and that's how I wrote the song. I wrote it on the acoustic guitar. Um, at least the chorus. I oh, don't know, I'm actually not sure. But yeah, most of it, I, I remember I was playing it on an acoustic guitar before it was, like, in my computer, um, and before I was, like, working on it, and... It has like an electronic sound to it, but it's kind of blended with the acoustic guitar organic sound. Uh, Pretty similar to a song I made on Starblazer called Deeper Than My Mind. It's somewhat of a similar blend of acoustic guitar and singer-songwriter type of sound with uh, electronic elements like synthesizers, drum machine, things like this. So, boy, I need to do that more, um, just write more with an acoustic guitar, because the songs I make like that, where it's just like a strong song on an acoustic guitar, and I can play it and sing it, and it's like a thing before I go to the computer, that always that always seems to kind of turn into my favorite ones. But maybe, you know, it's it's a little harder to do that. And I, I also really enjoy just playing around on the computer with my beep and bop, boop noises. Seeing where that goes. But um, anyway, yeah, started with the acoustic guitar. Got the song down. And then I, w- and then I had the task of trying to arrange that song in, you know, try to make that into like a a more full piece of music um, with drums and bass and all the other bells and whistles of a modern production. I had to figure out a way, the way that I wanted to present the song. And I think one of the main factors in this song, in terms of the production, was this synthesizer called a Neutron. It's made by Behringer. And Behringer has gone nuts with their synthesizers and, like, electronic instruments. They've started... They were releasing new ones, like, every month that were really cool-looking, and a lot of them were clones of old, classic synthesizers and drum machines. And they were so cheap. Um, This synthesizer was, like, Maybe three hundred bucks, which I mean in the world of the analog synthesizers that's that's really cheap like my the first analog synthesizer I got was the moog little fatty back in two thousand twelve I think, and that was like thirteen fourteen hundred bucks, so that was like a big chunk of change like this this one the neutron i it was a little more expensive than like a nice guitar pedal. Um and I was interested in it because I I wanted something that could that would be a lot different than anything else I had and this one is a semi-modular synthesizer which means you can use it like a regular synthesizer but it's got all these it's got all these patch bay connections where you can kind of make just connect the LFO to like the filter and you can connect the filter to the oscillator frequency. Like you can connect all the, all this stuff and make these really crazy unpredictable noises. So I had some fun with that, but I found a lot, I found like a really great bass tone, not doing any of the crazy stuff. Just the, the pure tone of the synthesizer was really nice and like fat and present and punchy. And, um, in a way that the Moog, it's different than that. And it it was, like, a really great, like, plucky synth bass sound. And that, once I got, like, once I heard that sound, like, it was, uh... It was just chain reaction of, of stuff, because I was, you know, it was a great sound, and I was excited about it. Oh, here we go. The way that I started this song, like, once I... Well, I guess, let me, let me backtrack a bit here. So, the part that I wrote on the acoustic guitar, that was that was the chorus. And the verses, you know, I didn't know what I was doing for those yet. So, I had this chorus that I really liked on the acoustic guitar. And when I went to go start this recording I had been listening to a lot of this French band producer group or I'm not sure what they are now they're they're a band they're a live band but I'm not sure if it's just a main producer and he has a live band or if it's they're all in it all all the time but um Limperatrice, I don't know if I'm saying that right but Uh, My friend Tim Zarin showed their music to me. They're French, and like many other French artists, the music is really cleanly produced. And I love clean production. And, like, you know, air. It's kind of like every sound is just crisp and good and the arrangements are really efficient all the sounds work really well together anyway I noticed when I was listening to them I was listening to one of their songs and I was like this is this is like really simple but it sounds so good maybe I'm making things too complicated which I definitely do that a lot Um, so I tried to do something real simple and what I did was I just got a synth sound and I just picked four chords and I just made a loop of of this chord progression of just uh, that's how the song starts and I had those chords and then I had this bass sound that I really liked so I tried to make a really uh, minimal drum beat and the bass line just like it was really easy to write with the minimal drum beat and the minimal just synth chords. Like, there was so much space. It was great. And what did I do for the drums? Well, I, I really liked the way the drums sound in this. Not to toot my own horn again, but I want to I share how that happened. And it also has to do with Limperatrice, that band, because they have great drum tones. And... I was listening to their music, and I'm like, how the heck did they get their drums to sound like this? Like, how are they doing this? So, I there was a part in one of the songs where there was a pretty isolated snare drum. So I just cut that, and I brought it into my computer program, my DAW, Digital Audio Workstation, which is Logic. So I brought that little sample in. So I could kind of analyze their drum sound. And then I had... I tried to make a sound, a snare drum sound, out of a recording that I made of, you know, our snare drum that's in our practice space. So I took out an equalizer and a you know, a frequency analyzer to kind of see what was going on in their drum sound that sounded so good. And I was also looking at the waveform of their drum sound. And it's really interesting to do that when you pull a sound out of a full song and just analyze that one sound. What I found was that their snare drum was really short. Like, when I compared mine, like, I thought, oh, this snare drum sounds pretty good. And then I compared it to the one that I pulled out of their song. And theirs was just so much tighter. And the reason, one of the reasons, is that it was super short. Like, the, so I shortened my snare, made it real short, you know, with a little fade on the end. And then I went into the uh, frequency analyzer to look at what made their snare drum sound so nice. I mean, a lot of things go into it, but something I found that was different between mine and theirs was that theirs had a big scoop in it around 500 hertz. And I've noticed this with other drums that I've analyzed, too. So I've started messing around with that in, in my snare drums. I'll mess around with doing a big cut, frequency cut at like 500 hertz, 600 hertz, 400 hertz, like somewhere in that, that area. And it'll kind of give it almost, it makes it sound a little more hollow a little bit. But it's just cleaner. Like you're getting the punch from the low end and you're getting the high end kind of snap. What you're cutting out is the boxiness uh, frequencies that kind of make it sound like cardboard. It just makes it sound more expensive to me, like a higher budget snare. So that's a little trick that, you know, I'm becoming more aware of now as I analyze more modern productions. I don't think it was like that for, for older you know, you know who's what snare drum I really kind of fell in love with recently? The snare drum in James Taylor, How Sweet It Is. The drums in that song sound so good. The toms and the snare. So I I did, kind of did the same thing. I I cut out I cut those drums up because there's a nice isolated drum fill at the beginning. And um I don't have anything to report to you though. I I didn't actually go that in-depth with it. I was uh, short on time that day. Or something. For some reason, I I wasn't. I just was wanting to hear it isolated, but I didn't do any analysis. But anyway, in terms of the modern drum sounds that sound real punchy and clean, a lot of times, it seems like they've got the mids scooped around 500 hertz. So if you're a... you're working on a snare drum sound, mess around with that. So the lyrics in Father Time. It's kind of self-explanatory. It was something that I reflect on a lot and think about a lot, which is, you know, feeling aware of how fast this life is going, feeling awareness of, you know, where we're all headed, which is, you know, death, and really wanting to savor life uh, while it's happening. And, you know, if you want to receive it, you've got to look if you're to see. That was kind of just like me thinking about, you know, if you don't pay attention, uh, you know, life will pass you by. And I I don't want, I mean, life will pass us all by, but like, I want to be there. I want to experience it as it's happening. I don't want to be, um, just unconscious to it until it's over. Um, so yeah, That, that was a theme too. Like, a lot of us, me included, at times, and I see, it, I see it in myself and in other people, live in a sedated state, as I put it in the song. Like, we're almost not there, like we're just on autopilot, we're just kind of not living intentionally, kind of just going with the current of life, which there's nothing wrong with going with the current of life, but it's almost like you're not there sometimes. You're not, you know, you're not really experiencing the time that you have. And then it, you look back and it's, it's been two months since your last podcast. Like that's what just happened to me. But I feel like I have been, you know, savoring, savoring life, uh, It's just been going by really fast. the older we get, the faster it goes, and it'll never stop. That's the, uh, that's what I hear. And that has been my experience. So anyway, that song's just about, you know, enjoying life as it's happening. Enjoying the present. Um, you know, cherishing the time you have, the good things that you have in your life. You know, if you're young, if you're healthy even if you're not young and you're not healthy, the things in your life that you, that you really care about that make you happy, that, uh, you know, just the things in life that you love, just, uh, this song is almost just, you know, a reminder to me myself, just talking to myself uh, to just, you know, pay attention and try to, try to take in all of the good stuff that's around you and, and don't take it for granted, which we all hear that message all the time, but you know, I'm 32 now, which is crazy. And I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to take life for granted. That was very long. Uh, that was a very long, uh, segment there. Oh, but I'm not done yet. The, um, tying the, the two parts of that song together, like the verse, which is kind of like smooth electronic stuff. And then the chorus, which I had written on the acoustic guitar, which is kind of like, it kind of like reminded me of like Jack Johnson or something. And that was a little tricky to kind of tie that into the verse, which was, sounded more like slick, electronic stuff, and then this kind of like jolly singer-songwriter chorus. But I tell you what, that synthesizer, the Neutron, it was up to the task. Just... Anyway, I like that song a lot. That's where I learned the value of small drums. The drums in that song are very small. And because they're very small, there's so much room for everything else. And the bass sounds punchier. And whenever I listen to that, it's so crazy how the, the drums, how everything sounds the way it does because of what's around it. So when I listen to those drum samples, by themselves they sound kind of small and puny sometimes if I try to use them in another song that I have going like if say I already have like a synth bass and like I've already like created all the an instrumental thing like a beat and I'm like trying out different kicks and snares to see what fits I'll try these ones that I used for this song and like ah these are so these are not these sound so small and Not doing the job. But I think the reason they worked really well for me in Father Time was because I kind of built the song around those drums as opposed to trying to fit those drums into a pre-existing song. So I guess that was a little bit of a revelation too. Like, these drums sounded great in this song, but they sound bad in that song. Um or they sound like, you know, punchy and powerful enough in in this song and they sound weak in that song. And I think the reason uh, that they worked in this particular song was because those were there from the beginning and all, all the sounds were kind of built up around those. So I guess, you know, when you're adding a bass, when you're adding other elements to the mix, you won't be overpowering them because you'll hear it. You'll say, ah, I'm overpowering the drums. Anyway. Let's move on. The second song. It's called Word of the Soul. This is another song that I... I made this one on the acoustic guitar first. It was a song... Just a song on the acoustic guitar. And then I you know, the song was written and then I made a, uh, tried to, you know, figure out a way to package that song up in a, uh, in a production, some kind of production. Because I just can't do a song that's just acoustic guitar and vocals. I, I think I would just be too bored and I would also be too naked Not literally naked, maybe literally naked, but in the song, just, I don't know. i like to have more, more stuff going on. But anyway, word of the soul. This one, boy, I was going through some, some difficult mental things at this time when I wrote this song. Uh I think cognitive dissonance might be the the word. I'm not exactly sure. But there there's a lot of turmoil, like a lot of conflicting things going on uh in my head. And I think it uh a lot of it had to do with, you know, my career, um, getting older, like, I, I'm not, uh, I wouldn't say I'm successful, not, not as Chalk Dinosaur, like, I've been able to make a living producing music in other ways, but as an artist, no. At least when you're looking at success through the lens of being able to support yourself, uh, which... You know, that brings up a much deeper question for me, which is, what is my definition of success? But uh, more on that later. But, you know, I'm always conflicted about, well, maybe, you know, I'm conflicted, I'll, I'll think about, like, well, maybe if I, you know, I'm not trying hard enough, maybe if I went all in on it, um, you know, I would make it work. And then I'd get conflicted on well, do I? What would the result of that be? And do I want that? And then I don't know. There's just a lot of conflict, um, and you know, in the bridge of the song, I think that that kind of uh, mental conflict comes out. I'm running out of time as I make up my mind. Years have gone behind as I'm trying to find what is my place in the world. Where do I belong? Watching this unfurl as my life goes on, I've got to believe that there's a reason that there is something that has always made sense at every age and in the present tense. Creative expression is where I find my home. It must be guarded from the fear of unknown, insulated from the currents of life, separated from societal strife. Everybody's got their home. That whole section was like, I don't know what I should do with my career. Should I be trying to make it as a performer, as a solo artist, as a band, um, or try to be pursuing production more. Um, And then I kind of go on to kind of just comfort myself with uh, the fact that there's something, well, well, all of that is very unclear to me. Like, what, what should I do? I have this general direction. I have skills, but I don't know what to do with them what direction I should go. I'm kind of spread out in all these different ways. And sometimes it feels like I'm going in circles and I'm not making meaningful progress. And if I were to just consolidate my energy and put it all in one direction, that I could I could uh, make more progress. But So that's confusing, but... there's something that is not confusing at all, and that is... I love to make music, no matter any of the other stuff in terms of career or success or anything like that. I love to make music and just that makes perfect sense. And, you know, I can always go back to that if I, if I ever get too in my head about what, what I should do with my life. So, let me try to frame this a little better about the conflict in my mind that uh, I'm always fighting uh, that led to these lyrics. Um, Chalk Dinosaur, that is my artist project, you could call it. Uh, That's my creative outlet. That's how I release my music. And that's what I love to do. Um, And... In about 2018, uh, I was interested in expanding it to include uh, a band. Uh, My brother, our friend Andrew, and our new friend John, who we'd really connected with jamming. And, you know, I had often dreamed about having a group where the sum was greater than our individual musicality. And I felt like we had that uh, where we were... We were making great music, and we were getting better and better shows. And um, the conflict came, the mental conflict came, because I could see that we had a lot of, we had all this potential. Like, our show was getting really good, and our our music was good. Like, we had so many ideas, and um, I know that, I knew that if we wanted to, we could succeed on, you know, a very high level with that. Performing and, um, yeah, I guess in performing and being like a, a quote, band, like a professional band. Um, and so the conflict came with, like, how far do we want to take it? Uh, we have this potential. I, I know that what we're doing is... Uh, like a high quality product. Um, and it's got a lot of, you know, we had a lot of creativity behind it, but, you know, at this point everybody had a good career already, uh, doing something else. And that understandably is the priority because truck dinosaur, we, we didn't make any money. We made like enough money to, you know, cover our expenses, so, you know, how far do we want to take it and how much are we willing to sacrifice? And I always kind of felt like myself included like we were all kind of enjoying the level where it was at, but I don't I don't know if uh any of us had the desire to go further than that. given our circumstance as, you know, that group of people, um, at that point in our lives. So I was always kind of wrestling with this apparent ceiling of what we were going to be able to do. Um, you know, we, we weren't really available to tour. Uh, we could potentially travel and play shows out on the weekend. Uh, which is kind of hard to get sometimes when you're a up-and-coming, kind of unknown band weekend spots are kind of uh, in higher demand. But then the question of, do we want that? What do we want? This question has plagued me uh, in terms of my career. What do I want? I don't know. There was always a conflict of you know what well, what am i doing and like what is my goal what does um what does success mean to me and how much do i value my definition of success so the definition of success is is a really kind of a big big question because when i think about well what would it mean to be successful as a professional band like a touring I, yeah, like what w- I feel like we had a lot of conversations about that. Like, what is our goal? What are we trying to do? And I don't think anybody was really interested in doing, you know, a heavy touring, like road lifestyle. I don't know if any of us are that interested in that. Now, it would be, I think, ideally, it would be kind of. Like we play a handful of like really awesome events, but we're not on the road a lot kind of thing, which maybe that's wishful thinking, but you know, Hey, Wolfpack did it, right? That was kind of like what we were thinking about, you know, Daft Punk did it. You know, uh, there are other artists who have done it where they've achieved a a high level of listenership and like um, impact through other means than relentless Touring, which, from what I've seen, is very taxing, and I don't know if I'd do too good with that, uh, if I'd be too happy. Which brings me to, you know, what is success for me, personally, and if success means that I'm going to be, like, jaded and worn out, not enjoy performing like feel like it's a chore an obligation a burden etc which is kind of I can sometimes start to feel that way even when I just have a lot of shows and I'm not even touring um well that I don't want that you know my love for creating music and doing music that's kind of like the most sacred thing um and I'm I'm very protective of that. And I'm, I'm very scared of losing that. So part of it's like, what's my definition of success? What am I, what do I want in life? What do I want out of my career? And then also questions of what role is fear playing in this analysis? Like, this is all speculation. I don't, I'm trying to forecast the future here about how I'm going to feel. And um, it hasn't happened yet. So as you can see, there's a lot of conflicting thoughts about what what do I want? How far are we willing to go as a group? How far am I willing to go as an individual? And, you know, what sacrifices am I willing to make? What do I really want out of life and my career? And I don't know. I, I, I always kind of come back to enjoying freedom more than anything else. So, you know, right now and for the last, you know, 10 years, I've lived with a really high degree of freedom over my schedule, when I work, how much I work, um, truck dinosaurs remained very pure and un uh, polluted by money and by obligations to uh to succeed like chasing that success ladder is it's what society says you should do and it really depends on what your definition of success is for me i always want to have freedom i always want to be able to You know, do what I want to do, not be really tied down to to a Chalk Dinosaur as, like, the breadwinner. You know, there would be a lot of pressure with that, and that would potentially impact the music, my relationship with music, and I'm very scared of tarnishing that. But then again, this could just be fear working insidiously for me to rationalize my, my uh, I don't know, my fear of, uh, I don't know, just to rationalize not not going after Chalk Dinosaur harder. Um, so I don't know. As you can see, I go in circles all the time, over and over, for the last ten years about this. And I, d- I just come back to the fact that, you know, the one thing that's crystal clear is that I love making recordings, I love writing music, I love playing music. I don't like being obligated to play music. Um I don't like feeling stressed by music. And um I think above all with like career stuff, I just like freedom. So financial freedom that would be good, but like I have enough of that, you know, just enough of that now that like I'm good, but, um, yeah, and, like, making more, you know, it has a cost, and, you know, I'm enjoying life a lot in the past 10 years, and, um, I don't know, I'm very hesitant to give that up, but, um, yes, I'm going to stop running in circles uh, while you're listening, Uh, I do that enough in my own time. I don't need you to pull. I don't need to pull you into my own personal hell. Just kidding. It's not. It's not hell. But it's just a. It's a circle. Time is a flat circle. Okay, the last song. True Care. This song. This was a song that I started in 2018 two years before this album came out. I had the, uh, I was messing around with, um, I really liked uh, the drums in that one, and I had been messing around with, I sampled some drum hits from an Anderson Pack record. Because uh, I remember listening, and I'm like, oh, these drums sound amazing. And there were a couple spots where there was, like, there was just a snare hit um, and there was like just a hi-hat. So I kind of grabbed those and kind of made a beat out of them plus some other drums, software drums and samples. And I was really feeling the way the drums were sounding with that beat. And, um, and then I used the Prophet, my, one of my synthesizers to make that kind of pillowy like dreamy sounding keyboard part and so I had that I had the drums and then I was messing around with the bass and I actually recorded three basses in that song because there's like harmonies um, and uh, in the chorus Definitely very Tycho inspired. That that was probably the main influence I was channeling with that, Uh, especially just in terms of cleanliness, like how clean everything is in his music and how just like easy on the ears it is, dreamy, just kind of minimal. But just good sounds, nothing like too harsh, pretty chill um, so that's kind of what i was I was going for with with that, and then that's as far as I got. I just got the instrumentals, and not even all of them, but um you know the main two parts, I think, and it kind of just sat for a while because i I really liked the way it sounded, but I felt like it needed words and I just never had the words for it. Um, I considered releasing it just as an instrumental, but um, eventually some words came to me for it. I don't know. I don't know exactly how. I must have opened it up and listened to it and felt like ah, i need to i need to come up with some words for this and then just i probably just played it a bunch and like tried to try to see what came to me and the words that came to me were about a personal experience of mine where i i was in a relationship with someone for 8 years we went through a lot of ups and downs a lot of personal growth together but ultimately the relationship didn't work out and but despite that um, there was an overreaching bond or feeling of care uh, for each other that transcended the relationship status you know the kind of relationship I have with my brothers or something just it's just an unconditional desire for the other person's, uh, well-being and happiness and success. No, any kind of jealousy, just no kind of like, I don't know, none of the trappings of romantic relationship. It's just pure care. I don't know. I, I was happy I was able to get that concept into words in the song. I probably do a better job of explaining it in the song than I'm doing right now, but it was just a, it was a new thing in my, in life, a new experience that really struck me that just um, to have that kind of transcendent, you know, unconditional care come out of a failed romantic relationship. And, you know, I i also took inspiration from uh, my parents who are divorced. They were together for a very long time and eventually they got divorced. But, you know, I can see that they really do uh, care about each other, uh, even though they're not romantically involved. And that was, you know, I found that to be moving. And, you know, that definitely fed into what I was thinking about for these lyrics as well. It's just, you know, you just care about someone. You just want them to succeed and be well. And um, you know, it doesn't always get to that point. Um it was just a lot different. Um because you know, after we broke up, years passed. Eventually, I started seeing other people. I got into another serious relationship, and she started seeing other people. But there was no jealousy, there was no bitterness. There was just a pure desire for the other person's well-being and happiness and success. And I had not experienced that before. There was none of the trappings of relationship. It was just just unconditional support. And um, it was a beautiful thing. And I felt compelled to get that out somehow and express that in a song. So that's eventually what became the lyrics that kind of completed this piece of music that I had started two years earlier and uh yeah couldn't be happier with it so yeah that's that's it it's only three songs it's released in August of 2020 2020 you know so many albums but you know there are a lot of short ones little short releases Let's see. Three four five six six albums. Word of the Soul is only three songs. Service was only three songs. I kind I like that though. Like I like the little albums. It it helps me <laughs> kind of keep momentum and, and not get too bogged down by a single project because yeah, I don't know. I just don't like working on a project for that long. Um, someday, maybe someday. I I am a little curious to try it sometime to take my time a little more and you know put more time into it. At the same time, you know, I feel like the longer I work on a project, the more likely I am to start second guessing myself and to start reworking things that don't need to be reworked and to kind of, I don't know, my morale suffers um, if I've been holding on to music for too long or if I haven't finished an album in a long time. So, I don't know. the, The little short EPs also give me an opportunity to explore different genres and release little packets of songs that kind of Have the same thing going on. So I like that. I'm working on a couple now. Not exactly sure. How it's going to materialize. But. um, You know there's probably going to be. An electronic. One. That's kind of. Stuff I'll be doing at my solo shows. So it's like. Yeah electronic. And then there'll be some. Some kind of live instrumentation on top of it. Then I'm also working on like a a beach-inspired album um, based around some beachy instruments. Like uh, my girlfriend Alyssa got me a steel drum and a ukulele. So, oh, and a guiro. So I'm going to... Use those instruments and use that palette to make some kind of real tropical kind of good vibes music. And then, what else am I working on? I'm sure. I'm sure our full band, um, the Chalk Dinosaur Band, I'm sure we'll be coming up with some stuff at some point. That we'll record. I'm not sure when yet. Um, and we have uh we have a new bass player, Michael Berger, which is exciting. Like the that that was like the perfect person to um you know to come in and, and uh and play with us. Um since we've we've played with the clock reads a lot. I've played with the clock reads a few times uh, in our collaborative set, where we uh, I just bit, yeah sat in with them for a set and we kind of played some music together. Um, we made that song together. Yeah, there's just like a lot of it. Just seems like the perfect fit. He's a great player. I'm I'm excited to see what happens. So he's he's been learning our songs that we play live and doing a great job. Um, But I'm excited for, you know, once we get that under our belt and we have a set that we can play, then we can start working on new songs. And then we can really start to, you know, see what happens with with Michael in the room when we're, um, you know, trying to work out a new idea. I'm pretty excited about that. I don't know what other... I don't know if I have any other albums in the works. Oh, a Funk. Funk album. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just making a bunch of music, and eventually, I think it'll start to become clear what album's going to be ready first, and, you know, and once I have enough songs of each, you know, of a certain style, then I'll probably just laser in on those and try to get those... Finished and released. And I'll move on to the next one in line. And then the next one in line. And then the next one in line. But anyway... Jeez Louise. I... I, I swear the, lo- the, the longer you go without doing one of these... Like, the less focused and bad they are. Like, this was... This was a lot of rambling, so um'm i'm gonna uh i'm gonna assume that uh if I do this a little more often um I will get better at this uh I'm a little rusty I guess but um anyway, just getting back on that horse there huh just getting back on a horse got a lot of lot more albums to um profile here. Anyway, uh, what do we got in the news? Chalk Dinosaur News. Uh, I mean, today is, is June 29th, and uh, we got Farm Jam, you know, in a week and a half. That's, that's our first show back. That's our first show since February 2020. Well, our first show for people uh, with a crowd um, we did that video thing in June at the Rex, but, um, so it's our first like show in front of a crowd since February, 2020 year and a half, pretty crazy. And then we got another small festival in August called Nanny in the Hills doing two sets for that one solo set and one full band set. I have no idea what to expect from that festival. I haven't been. And um, hopefully it'll be awesome. And then, this isn't confirmed yet, but um, Jesse Miller in Lotus had asked me if I would be interested in doing a DJ set at Summer Dance. uh, Because he said, they're just doing all Lotus and Lotus side projects for the bands. But um, but um that, you know, he was looking... He was interested in having DJ sets in between the bands and was wondering if I would be interested. I said yes, but this was not confirmed. Like, I don't know if it's actually going to happen yet. But either way, I'm going to Summer Dance and really looking forward to it. It'll be uh, my girlfriend's first festival well she'll go to farm jam and so it'll be our second festival but um, farm jams you know it's it's almost its own thing it's it's pretty private and it's totally different than anything else so summer dance will be like the first like kind of normal festival um also my cousin Cousin Bobby, whose voice is featured on several recordings. He's coming. This will be his first festival. Really excited. Uh, a lot of friends are going. I love it. Can't wait. I really missed really missed going to those this past you know year. It it had a it has a big impact because that was like the root of so much of my inspiration to do what I do was going to these festivals, going to shows, like seeing really special moments in music like whenever a band's playing a set at a festival and there's a you know a big crowd and everybody's into it and they have like some amazing moments that are like really exciting or really touching or something and that it's like inspiring to me and it it gives me a lot of creative input too like things to draw from inspiration and you know I learn a lot from watching and you know I didn't have that so you know that's when I would have those just really inspired moments like "Ah, this that's what I want to do or like Oh, I got to try this when I get home like and that's just been absent without the live shows. So I think it's it's probably had a bigger impact on me than I realized. Cuz yeah, when I when I think about it, you know that those experiences at shows and festivals are really the biggest source of fuel for like my desire to perform and play my music out. Anyway, it's just gone on long enough I'm going to sign off here and um, I'll see you in the next episode. Oh, yeah. No, I won't see you because I'm not doing video anymore because it's a wasted waste time and hard drive space because I don't think anybody is watching those or cares uh, too much about video. My favorite podcast isn't on a video. I don't watch podcasts. I, I listen to them while I do other things. So uh, screw the video. I'm not doing it. This will help me be more productive uh, so Take it easy and uh, see you in the next episode Goodbye 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 Goodbye